You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. City. Hello? Leaving deadly clues. You have three minutes to confess. But some sins. Three people have died. Why is Kevin Parsons still alive? We're never meant to be discovered. Someone's trying to kill me. It's time to play. Why would someone like this come after me? He's not done with us yet. This January, catch your breath. I don't want to die! Close your eyes. Heaven Stalker's real. Count to three. Where are you? So I want to piss off some Christians now. Okay. Uh, now this is not intentional, guys. Uh, bear with me. If you're Christian now, you, I may not offend you. I'm hoping you. Don't, I hope when I don't. But uh, I have to attack something here. A while ago, uh, occasionally I do watch television. Now what I mean, what I mean by that is yeah. what I mean by that is occasionally I will catch a film on TV because it was on and I was happened to walk by and I said, oh, I've never seen this. Let me give it a shot. I got to be honest. A couple of the films that I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, actually, I think two or three of them. Uh, have been for me watching TV, which I almost never do. I have a very large DVD collection, and I usually that's my go-to right. section for anything. Or download, or like Netflix streaming kind of download yeah, exactly. thing. Exactly. Or Netflix. Exactly. So, um, I came across the film Three. Three. Now, do you remember Three? Is Can that the one where it's T H E Three and Three? T H R Three E. Okay. Because ever since Seven, we can't get enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was on. I was like, you know what? I remember this film came out, and I don't remember anybody actually talking about it afterwards. And I start paying more attention to it as it's going. I was like, "Wow, this is uh, this is pretty bad." <laughs> like, oh my! Wait, yeah, this is this is a bad film. <laughs> so I'm becoming more halfway through. I'm online and I'm looking up research on this while I'm watching. This is really bad. So this is based on a novel by Ted Decker. Okay. Have you ever heard of Ted Decker? I've never heard of D E K K E R. Uh, I've heard of. Decker, I've I've definitely seen it spelled that way. Now you know. Maybe I'm just not thinking of this guy, but I've you, I've, I've you, heard of Decker. I know you're not familiar with him. You know why? No, I'm not. not. I'm definitely because not. he is one of the preeminent Christian horror novelists. Super Jesus. He is he he is the name. If you go right now, and I actually I tested this theory by the way. I'm not making this up. If you go into a mall and walk into a Walden Books, okay, and go to the Christian section, the two biggest nonfiction writers. Of horror-based film uh, books, you will find are the two guys that do the Left Behind series, 
Okay. And Ted Decker. Really? He's got like half a dozen, if not more. He is the big name. He's the Stephen King of Christians. That's his big thing. Three okay. is the first film. First? And hopefully the last. i got to double check here. Uh, yes, it is the first film adaptation of a novel of his. Uh, and it's also the first film of the Fox Faith film series. Fox, Fox Entertainment started Fox Faith. You can go to their website. I believe it's foxfaith.com. And they do, their theme is... You want to talk about whores. I mean, there's money, obviously, money to be made in religion and faith. Well, you know, but hey, but Fox has gone out of their way to make a department. This is to make the, movies for no, it. No, no, no. It's 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 a it's it's more of a distribution. So people who make Christian films can, can distribute go to Fox. it through Fox. Yes. Is that where Kirk Cameron went through to have his film? It's quite possible. There's a whole list of them there. I and think, now there's I, nothing wrong. There's and nothing, I actually saw that movie. There's nothing wrong with Christian-based films. I'm not saying that. But what you know, and there's nothing wrong with catering to a specific audience. If the audience is there, you give them the films. Right. I'm not. not I'm knocking this because it's a bad movie. If if Ted Decker's books are written like this movie is, then he's a bad author. <laughs> I haven't read his books. For all I know, they're brilliant, and this is just the best you can do. Right. Uh, there's more. There's more evidence coming up to prove possibly to the contrary. Okay. Now it was adapted for the screen by Alan McElroy. He also wrote the screenplays for Halloween Four. In 1988, uh, Rolling Thunder in 1996. That's the uh, Killer Mac truck movie. Right, right, right. Yes. Spawn. He did the screenplay novelization you for know, Spawn. Rolling Thunder actually came up with another author. Uh, uh, in the remake section, Yeah. one of the directors, uh -huh. uh, if not maybe one of the writers, during one of those remakes yeah. had a lot to do with the Rolling Thunder movie you're just talking about. Yeah, it might be more one screenwriter. I'm sorry, but he was attached to it. He was okay. Also, you're going to love this one. 2002, he penned Ballistic, X versus Sever. Ooh. Yes! Yes! Oh. One of the worst films ever made, hands yeah, down. This guy. And, and he also wrote Wrong Turn 1, 2, and 3. So this is our screen. So I'm willing to say, Ted, maybe it's not your fault. Yeah, you, you might just be, got a bad screen. He might be a decent author. Okay. The basic plot of 3 okay. is, and I might ruin the ending for this. I'm not sure. But that's because it's so predictable, it's not even funny. The basic plot of this is there's a serial killer going around killing people after giving them riddles uh, to solve. Okay. And uh, he does it through phones. And uh, this this uh, seminary student, obviously, is targeted by the guy. And there's a lot that goes back and forth. Now, it's a serial killer that only kills one person in the whole film. But he's not a serial killer. Well, he is, but this is a Christian film, so we don't have a lot of death. Well, then they obviously don't know what classifies a serial killer. A serial, serial well, they, they, killer. Don't, they never come out and call him a serial killer, but the way the film was designed, it's supposed to be a serial killer. He's a, he, and he kills So people. he's killed before. Yes, he kills one person at the beginning of the film. Mm, two doesn't do it. You no. Need, you he, need a, he kills an FBI one. filing, you need at least three killers. Right, but I'm, I'm, again, we're not going strict because this isn't my story. This is theirs. No, no, I got you. So he's a, you want to call him a mad killer, mass killer, whatever. He's, 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 he's setting bombs off left and right. But they keep saving everybody in the nick of time. Okay. All right. And then there's a whole thing of like, who is this mystery person? And it basically, all I'll say is, is that it's the ending sucks. Well, most bad movies. Have now, bad like, endings. like now, it, the film has stuff. For instance, first, for instance, like when cops disarm bombs from people, and they're about to explode, and they're in a police building in the city, they usually don't throw the bomb out the window. Really? That's, that's That really happened? That's really frowned upon. 
Holy shit. That's really fr- It was in an alley, but the, that's still, that's frowned upon. I mean. Yeah. Was there like, say, literally like maybe two or three seconds left and that was last resort? Is that how that scene yeah. happened? Yeah, but but she runs down the hall specifically to throw it out instead of like throwing it to an empty room or something. Or, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're batting a thousand here. Okay. Um, uh, the, also, you were complaining about Fox Faith or whatever. I, I have a list of some of the other films you can find at Fox Faith. Really? Website. Let's, let's Space it. Chimps. Passion of the Christ, cheaper by the dozen. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Passion of the Christ started this wing. No, at Fox. It, it probably did. I guarantee 100%. And City of Ember, that, that last film that came out. Oh. These are basically just, just family-friendly films. Right. The whole idea of three is not that Christian well, horror. By the way, by the Passion way, of the Christ. I, I think the tagline for three should have been audience nothing. Uh, like Rush Hour 3, audience uh, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's just, the whole idea is they want to do a thriller about psycho serial killers, but without anything that you know would offend your ten year old. Got it. That's the whole point. Was this an R rated film? <sighs> yeah. It was. Uh, no, I I don't know. It might have been PG thirteen. I didn't look at the rating. Okay. I honestly didn't look that up. Um. Also, there's like this guy's being this guy's this this serial killer's already killed. Suppose they said no, they said he killed three, but you only see one on screen. So he supposedly already killed three people. This seminary student is picked as the next victim, jigsaw style, like would take phone calls and recordings and stuff. They don't give him a police escort. They just tell him, "Here's a pager. If anything bad happens, call us." <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then later on, they could, and he keeps like he keeps like race leaving and right. doing stuff, and the cops keep like almost like whining. So why do you why won't you call us? Why do you keep going off and almost like meeting the killer and then we miss them? Why won't you? Just you have to pager. Come on, Pause. come on. There's no productive custody, protective custody, no 24-hour surveillance. Wow. There's just one guy asleep in front of his apartment. By the way, you know it's just. But uh. And this one even has that whole CGI. Let's sweep through the wires and everything to show you where that one thing is underneath the bus because there's a bomb in the bus. And, Great. But I'm so tired of that. That's the, so overdone. The serial killer keeps calling him up. And what are you wearing? He's a, he keeps calling me names. He's supposed to hate this guy, kid. Right. So he keep, but it's Christian science. It's a Christian horror film. Right. We can't call him. He can't call him. You know, you you fucking bastard. No cursing. So he starts calling. He keeps calling him things like you puke. You gotta be kidding. <laughs> you me. puke. Yeah, puke comes up at least two or three times. You puke. I hate you. You disgust me. You puke. I don't even think I'd be insulted. <laughs> I really don't. And the cop going around, this is how bad it is, too. The cop going around, she shows her badge at one point. The uh, the female cop, who for some reason this becomes a love interest, yeah. you know, but but they don't do anything because it's Christian films. Of course. So there's, there's no kissing or anything. And her her brother is killed by the killer at the beginning, which is why this cop, this female cop is so interested. Because if it was just killing other people, I'm sure she wouldn't care. She, <laughs> she has a picture of her brother paper clipped to her badge over her ID in her badge thing. Oh so my. you can't do that. <laughs> the minute she shows this old lady and the lady's not gonna let her in, it's like I wouldn't look at that. She's covered her ID up. You can see the badge and then it's just a picture of a dead guy. What is this? <laughs> Who who's oh uh like I'm I'm already exhausted from I from... I'm exhausted talking about this. God. You know, and it's and then like the, the kids here's the weird thing too. It's a Christian horror film. And right. one of the things they try to imply that this person is not well is that you find out that he lived in this house of weirdos as a kid uh-huh. when his parents died, and that the weirdos never let him out of the house. 
they kept he didn't go to school. He stayed in the house and they just taught him what they felt the world should be. And they painted this is it and this is why the kids messed up. This is why he has problems. Now I thought as a Christian horror film, they would actually be pro homeschooling. Uh yeah. But uh, instead they usually are. But instead it actually kind of paints Christ, uh, homeschooling as a bad idea. Does it really? Yeah. With a bunch of with a bunch of characters, the weird characters. I, you know, it's no, there's nothing sadder than a director who tries to do Dave Lynch. Oh, not Dave Lynch, Stephen Lynch. Stephen Lynch, not Stephen Lynch. Talk, who the hell are you talking? The director, about? David Lynch. David Lynch, as I meant. You had it right the first time. I know. Then you went really wacky. Rub it in, <laughs> rub it in. But it, it's it's sad when a director tries to pull a Lynch with characters and fails. Even Lynch fails. Yeah, Lynch does fail. Yeah. So, but it, that threw me off. So, wait, it says this film's against homeschooling. How is this a Christian film? Here's here's another great scene. You only find this in Christian horror films. Uh, this this nervous nervous geeky looking white guy walks up to a bunch of like hoodlums, mixed races, but mostly not white, like in like an abandoned alley around their cars uh -huh. and music. And he walks up and literally he says, uh, "No, I can get a gun," and <laughs> and and they give him one. <laughs> They don't beat them. They don't chase them off. They don't kill them. You, they, oh, wow. They, they hand them a paper bag with a gun. And, I, and I'm assuming money changes hands, too, but I don't see that. As far as I know, they were, they were honestly... They were good hoodlums? Just gave they him a gun. Really nice hoodlums? He looks like he's in danger. Give him a gun. Uh, you so, need this more than we do. This is how easy it is. Apparently, this is how easy it is to get an illegal gun. Just find some hoodlums, hang around their car, and ask them for a gun. They will give it to you. And they'll even, they'll even and have... And you know a, what? I bet uh, all the markings and the serial numbers are already filed off. So oh, that uh, you you know you could do your well, thing and they don't, we don't want to get you in trouble. Well, yeah, they don't want the gun traced back to them. Uh, so basically, the the whole film is like part Fight Club, part Saw, part Speed, all crap. <laughs> all right, and the fact that I'm referencing Fight Club uh -huh. that has something to do with the ending. Oh boy! And since the film is called Three, figure it out. Got it. Again. All right. Again. I don't need to see this movie now. Half hour? No, you really do. I do. Half hour into the film, I'm like, you got to be kidding. This is where you're going with this? <laughs> really? Now, oh. and then there's this, and then there's like Christian Rock at the end of it too. Now, and this is what, this is what threw me. It's like Christian Rock, and I look it up, and it's, it's, it's uh, wow, the executive producer, Mark uh, Sledziewski, <laughs> did the music too, for the end song. The one song is by them. It's like, wow. Uh, but he did a song for another film. Which Hello? It's today's day. I guess we're not the only ones that are here. You guys management? Oh, no, 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 no. We were just looking for a phone. This place isn't without its charm. Randy what? buys motels. Yeah, it's mom and pop places. into my house like I killed God. Rule number three, give me one dead body before sunrise and I'll let rule number two slide. I'm getting out of here. Get inside. 
You know who this is? A tin man. They say he only goes after the guilty. Two hours till sunrise. Sorriest bunch of sinners I ever seen. <laughs> This was House. This 2000... The, the, the one in 2008? 2008 film House that uh, Chris Bushna and Joey here have been trying to get me to watch for a while now. Right. So, so wait a minute. I'd look at you know some what? more. I should, have made, I should make that my movie challenge to you. You don't have to, because I watched it. You did. You know why? Why? Because it was directed and produced by the same people based on a Ted Decker novel and is also a Christian horror film. Oh, and it was really bad too yes it was really really bad yes and i have that listed here and it was and so i dug that out i still had it sitting around they gave it to me a while ago and i kept forgetting to watch it it's like now i gotta watch it this is the same the same the, by the same book author by the same uh producer is i think it's producers and directors i think it's both uh it's the same filmmaking team all together and it's like i gotta watch this poor michael Madsen needed that, some that cash poor bastard Another film. You know what? And I don't have the the site listed here, but he has a site somewhere that actually lists all of the movies that he's done and why he made them. Whether he owed someone a favor, he needed to pay a bill. The and the site is really entertaining. And for whatever reason, I can never find it. I found it once. I can't find it again. But this film was on that list, mm -hmm. and he, I believe, needed to. He needed money. Now, if you remember, and he comes flat out. That, that's what I love about Michael Madsen. Yeah. Now, House is 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 a take as a cross between Topper and any other Friday the Thirteenth creepy house film you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, with with a you know you're bad, you know you're in trouble when your twist ending of the film is taken right out of an MST3K covered movie, Soul Takers. <laughs> when you if you if you look at if you see an ending of a film and you and you immediately think. Of like Mike Douglas, Mike uh, Michael Douglas's like half brother. Oh yeah. What's his name? Uh, that's in like he's in Soul Takers and he's in the Werewolf movie. Right. Uh, like, yeah. That's a bad sign. Yeah, it is. Now you remember House. I do. You remember there's no blood in the film. None. We whatsoever. Uh, we we watched it. We saw it. Uh, I never heard the story. You never heard of what story? What you're telling me now? Oh, when you yeah. saw it. Uh, we saw it uh, Halloween. All you would do is recommend the film and then giggle. So no, it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, we had, we basically had, we were, we were showing. It was a Halloween night. I think it was actually Halloween night, and we had a bunch of friends over, and we all decided to watch it together. And uh, it's extremely disappointed, obviously, but we kind of knew it was coming. And uh, uh, Bujna was there, and Jose, just everybody was there. You couldn't make it for for whatever reason. Yeah. You had other plans, and the whole time I'm sitting there. And I'm watching this horrific movie, and I was like, Scott should be here. Absolutely should be here for this. Now, the film opens up with a, with a Bible quote. The light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John 1.5. You know, I should have realized that something was up. Yeah, that's, that's a sign. I that. Now, I have my own quote for the opening, which is, I watched this film in the darkness, and I comprehended it not. <laughs> Scott, 9.26. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I like now, that. Now, the whole film is about... Redemption, mm -hmm. and the other th three was kind of about redemption too. Here's my question: How come Christian horror films 
do such a piss poor job at redemption themes when the real horror films seem to have it down pat. You'd think the Christians would have, sure, like a, a handle Practically on it. We invented it. We can we can really get into this. This is our forte. We we almost invented it. You know, redemption. That's our name. Yeah. You know, leave off the S for savings. We we know how to do it because redemption is pretty much their forte. They came up with it first. So why are horror films that have sex and blood and cursing and all the other nasty stuff? Why do they do a better job than it? It's almost like because the problem is like you can't say oh we're we're against evil and then not show evil. It's probably because they, you know, they, they don't take religion into account at all, and they just do who does thing. The, the the real horror films. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they don't they don't really take it into effect. It's 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 easier. So it's, they they don't have anything to say. You know what? Well, we can't do this, but we can do this, and we can't do that, and we can do this. They just said we'll just do it. Yeah. I mean and. And House starts off with your, your typical arguing couple. Who would right. I was like, oh, well, I'm sure they'll be together by the end of this film. But right now they don't like each other. And it's always about a dead child, too. Why can't, like, a husband and a wife, like, hate each other just because they're really sick of each other? Why does it have to be, like, a kid that died and dra- dragged them yeah, apart? which was really neither of their fault. You know what film actually did that well, the whole the whole husband and wife thing? that You know, they're kind of apart and they get back together? Which one? Um, Vacancy. Yeah. I was shocked because when I, the no, first I, I like the first five minutes of that film, I'm like, "Oh, great, here we go, husband and wife." But then, like the way they get back together and everything, it's like, "Wow, I'm, I'm actually surprised. This is turning out well." But that film really pulled it off well. No, it did. So then, whenever I see films like this, I just can't do it. Like the screenwriter is just incompetent enough where he can't make those characters believably hate each other without killing a kid off. Yeah. Yeah, but and so then you have the other couple, and of course they're they're bad because 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 uh, he's rich. And she's uh, a slut. Implied, though, because, again, no one's doing anything. Yeah, and because it's a religious uh, you know, film. Here, here's a great part of that film. They don't I love the fact that. the one girl, the one woman, it's implied that she was molested as a child. But this is a Christian horror film. We can't really go too far into it. We can imply it. And they use the metaphor of having her eat pies. <laughs> I left a pie for you. Did you eat it? I'm not hungry for pie. She's so sad, and she scoops it into her mouth. And they come back later. She's I got ten pies on the table. It's like, is this a metaphor for a kid touching? I don't. Why? What's with the pie? Was her father a baker as well as a child molester? I mean, just forcing her to eat. Yeah, pastry obsessed pedophilia. Feel pedophiliac. What? What giving here? And it's just every. And then Michael Madsen play. Michael Madsen plays a hundred percent pure evil. Yeah, I know this because he says so in the film. You are not welcome here. Yeah. You weren't invited. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Well, again, you know, it's because it's Michael Madsen saying it. Right. You know, I want to see I want to see Michael Madsen and Christopher Walken in a buddy cop film. <laughs> Neither one of them use punctuation when they talk. <laughs> they both they're both almost talking like this non yeah. like like almost like a like a poetic lingual lingual babbling. As yeah. just put those two in a dialogue scene. Remember when they put De Niro and still um and Pacino together? Everybody's like Oh, wow, in heat. The first time ever. And then it's like, wow, that's kind of boring. You put those two, you can make a whole film with just Madsen and Walken at a diner just talking about the menu for two <laughs> hours, and I would watch that rap. And, and if I could do any other impersonation of either of them, I'd be doing it right now with a, well, you know, the, what about the Monte Cristo? I wouldn't do the Monte Cristo. It, it, what, what, what would you deep fry sandwich? You know, just just go on for two hours of that. I, it, do, do you need to do a remake of My Dinner with Andre? 
But it'd be, I just have Michael Madsen and Christopher Walken. It'd be my my dinner with Walken. Okay. And it's Mike, Michael Madsen and Christopher Walken. <laughs> That's it. And at the end, they get up and kill like kill the people in the booth next to him that has the kid kicking the back of the seat, and they leave. Because you have to have a gunfight at the end. You always do. But though, I mean, but Michael Madsen's like it's, it's like you feel bad for him because he's in this piece of crap film. Uh-huh. But even and you can also tell that he's not really working too hard. But he doesn't have to because they just hired him. No, him. he was. 10, 15 minutes in this film, and... Yeah, I'm yeah, here. Yeah. I'm sure it's not as bad as the Alien one he did, but I've never seen that one. Uh, I saw the ending of that, and it was really... Bad. I saw, like, a two-minute clip. It was like, okay, I, don't, I can't yeah, do it. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, but also, the writer, whether it's Decker or the screenwriter who adapted both of these... Right. Because I'm pretty sure it's, it's the same screenwriter, too. Yes, it is. It is. Yes. Uh, he has the same M.O. Pace the characters through cliché moral revelations... Then explain the painfully obvious metaphors in excruciating detail at the end. <laughs> that whole sequence, at the end of this, they have about tie. I mean, literally, it's what they're doing to the audience. They tie the people to their chairs at a table and explain the plot of the film. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Like, it's like, I'm a captive audience here. You're explaining, the this house this house is an embodiment of all your past sins. Yeah, I, I got that when, when uh, I saw my daughter drowning and then the other chick got dressed up like a little whore. Yeah, I, I got it, yeah. The guy saw the kid saw the guy. Other guy saw his father. He killed. No, no, no. Understand that. You don't have to say it. We're we're there. Yeah, yeah. You made it so blatantly obvious that you really don't have to give us a hint here at the end. Just go on with Michael Madsen stalking around. You know, give him a gimp outfit, please. (laughs) You know, the tin can is was a great gimmick in the film. Oh yeah, that thing. Because there's like a there's like a a ready there's a ready tin can that says House Rules on it, and it says like you know, uh, God followed me this into this house, and I killed God. And like, well, all right, that means. He's a bad guy, obviously. Yeah. Then, again, that, that's like the Christian horror film equivalency of evil. How do we know he's evil? He said he killed God. Oh, well, I'm sure. well, he's a, he's I can't baddest, think of anything worse than that. Baddest I don't son know. of a bitch around. How, how, how about, like, you know, grinding up babies in the souffle? I, that's evil, too. Bake at 350. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, oh, it, tender. tender. Tender, if you do it right, yeah. Yeah, flaky. But, nice yeah, flaky. So, but, but that's the equivalent of showing this guy's evil. I killed God. How dare he say such a thing? <laughs> So you know, just just the idea that you have to say that God, you know, I, I'm going to kill God. That's 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 just something yeah. evil. And then later on, I'm pure evil. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. That's that's nice. You know, if you have to if you have to explain, have you have your bad guy explain how bad he is? Mm-hmm. No, you know, it it only almost works because it's Michael Madsen. Yeah, but the but I'll only give the film that the tin can idea was cool, and I I'm almost want to read one of these books just to see is it better than the films. Because the fact that he worked with these people again on House has to mean that at some point he said, yeah, I, I like what they did with three. Yeah. And if you like what we did with three, then the book's got to suck. Well, so, hey. I mean, but, you know, so if you're a Christian and you're into Christian horror films and you're offended by what I've said, I, you know, I'm not trying to offend you, but your films are crap. And honestly, if you're Christian, don't do horror films. That That's what it comes down to. That's... Not your forte. It's Stick not, to something else. You know, you, you, you can't, you can't, I remember in, in the late 80s, there uh-huh. was a film, was on, I don't know if it's on DVD right now, it was called Black Roses. Oh, God, yeah. You remember that, I, right? I remember Black Christian Roses. Christian horror film that was against rock and roll music, or heavy that's, metal music. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Blast so you, from the past, man. Yes, you, it's a horror film that displays the evils of the heavy metal music, and it has a teenage crowd, uh, cast. But of course, there's no nudity or even close implications of sex. I think the biggest they get is like one kid 
he's he's gonna start. I'm gonna paint the town red. So the the girlfriend catches him because he's in the middle of town. And he has a can of red paint, one can of red paint, and he's opening it. And says that's it. I'm gonna do it. Steve, you can't you can't vandalize. That's wrong. It says if I just have to do something. I guess it's showing up like the pent up youth and how right. idle hands with the devil's work. It says no, no, we can't, you can't do this. And okay, so she takes her home. But then of course they leave the can there, and then fire spouts out of the can because. Because that was the devil's work there, the vandalism. Yeah. And that's as good as the metaphors get in this film. Sure. And Black Roses, I think it was 86. Could be wrong. Uh, yeah. 86, was, 87, yeah, something yeah. like that. Somewhere in that but range. Seriously, if, if you are a Christian and you know filmmakers that are Christian, tell them to stick to do, do Passion of the Christ. That's great. No problem with that. Yeah. You, you want to do cartoons with little characters that make each other sign like promises to Jesus? Go for it. It worked 20 years ago. Keep doing it. Don't make horror films. Yeah, I mean, you can't do it, and 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 who knows? I mean, maybe they're just trying to delve into that part of the industry because yeah. there's a lot of money to be made there. But if you're gonna do it, do it right. So I think I handled that well. I don't think I actually offended any any Christians. No, I don't think you did. I, I think probably my idea of remaking Passion of the Christ as uh, Sin City <laughs> I, that might have been more offensive. Fox, uh, well, Fox what, Faith, Fox Faith. Yeah. yeah, I think they got a little. I should uh, email them and see if they want to do that. Yeah, I think they got a little excited. When you all you it. all you really have to do is just you don't even have to remake it. Just take the original and make it black and white, and then and just just make the, all the blood red. That's it, and then resell it as the as the Frank Miller edition. Frank Miller at this point after after Sin City, Frank Miller put his name on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You mean after the Spirit? After the Spirit, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Sin City was good. Spirit. Ah. <laughs> it's okay. It's quite all right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I beat you like eggs. <laughs> Uh okay. Uh the movie that I just saw recently, I actually caught it on cable at I think it was like twelve or one in the morning. And I remembered seeing this film about ten years ago for the first time. It came out in nineteen ninety eight. I saw it somewhere around ninety nine, uh when it finally made it to um at the time it was Laserdisc D V D. Uh was just starting to take over. Uh a civil action. Personal injury law has a bad reputation. They call us ambulance chasers, bottom feeders, vultures who prey on the misfortunes of others. Well, if that's true, why do I lie awake nights worrying about my clients? Twelve deaths over 15 years, eight of them children. They think it has something to do with the city's drinking water. Why does their pain become my pain? I'm not interested in money. None of us are. That's not why we're doing this. What we want to know is what happened. I wish I could find a way not to empathize with them. It'd be a lot easier. His opponents will misjudge him. Jan, that suit fits you better than the sentimentality. His clients will distrust him. Five point something million dollars spent on what exactly? First class travel, four star hotels. His partners will desert him. Everybody in the firm's working only on this case, which means we have no money coming in. We're talking about our careers here. But the truth. Maybe you could uh, go out there to the river. Will redeem him. Somewhere out here, somebody had to have seen what happened. These families will never testify. His employees are like loyal subjects. None of them will talk. We're three lawyers. They're 300. Yeah, he wants a number. Eight million. I can't go to the families with that. Eight million says that we let them get away with murder. From the number one national bestseller. Every dollar we spend is a dollar we don't have. Mortgage my house. I have. From the Academy Award winning writer of Schindler's List. A lot of people in my neighborhood that are dead or dying from something. Let's go, let's go. From the producer of The Firm and Ransom. I am dealing with a deranged judge, and I'm fighting a defense that has unlimited amounts of money with which to destroy anyone who tries to do anything decent. 
What I wanted was an apology for what they did to my son. John Travolta, Robert Duvall, John Lithgow, William H. Macy, Kathleen Quinlan. Your Honor, you are asking these people to create a fiction that will stand for the truth, but won't be the truth. No! You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? The truth. I thought we were talking about a court of law. A civil action. I remembered liking this film then, and I watched it again just literally about a week ago, and I really enjoyed this film a lot. I don't know why. It, it was paced really, really well. It's basically, uh, it's about John Travolta's character uh, named... Um, Vinny? <laughs> no, it's... No, not Vinny. Uh, Jan uh, Schlittman. I hope I pronounced that right. But it's his firm... And basically what happens is there is a water contamination uh, case that he's working on that essentially uh, the company, the you know big corp that's in the area, they essentially, they're polluting the water and people are getting sick and dying. You're confused. This is Aaron Brockovich you're talking about. Uh, no, this actually came out before Aaron Brockovich. So it's got that going for it. Uh, and it's a better movie in my opinion. Uh, and, and basically, it's this whole story. I mean, you think it's this whole story about him trying this case. But what it really comes down to, it's him going bankrupt trying this case because the case drags on for so long. And he genuinely feels terrible for these families that he actually goes out of his way to try and get them the most money possible and trying to serve you know, quote-unquote justice uh, by making these corporations pay for what they did. And he ends up going broke doing it. And it's this whole, uh, it's just, the movie is very well-paced. It is very well-written and very well-directed and very well-acted. And, you know, I was actually very surprised to see that it cost $75 million to make. It made $56 million at the box office, so it was definitely not a hit. But, the director of this film, uh, Stephen Zalian, or Zalian, he's only directed three movies. Uh-huh. He's only directed three movies. Uh, he's directed uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer, this movie, Civil Action, and All the King's Men. That's it. And all three films, top-notch movies. Hmm. I mean, but he is mainly, uh, he's a screenwriter. Oh, that, there you go. He, that's, you know, he's basically a screenwriter. I mean, if you... I could read off a list of movies, but I'll just give you a couple. He's done Schindler's List. Uh, he did uh, Hannibal, Gangs of New York, uh, American Gangster. See, he did Hannibal. Yeah. See, here again, I, I've I've had I've had people yell at me for this because I actually prefer Hannibal over the Silence of the Lambs. Over Silence of the Lambs because, as far as direction goes, and I guess part of the story too, is that Hannibal's character is far less of a obvious psychopath. In the second one, right, and the whole idea of Hannibal was he's supposed to be this, you know, he's supposed to have gone undetected for so many years, yeah, as a, as a sociopathic like cannibal and all that. Yet when you see him in Sounds of the Lambs, every time he's like wide eyed, sniffing the air, you know, yeah, and then like oh, and he beans. acts crazy. He's acting crazy, and I was like, he didn't he didn't go out detection for so many years because he didn't act because he acted crazy, right? Because he didn't because in the original Manhunter. I, and I have not even seen the remake, Red Dragon, so I'm not even going there. So. In the original Manhunter, 
The only reason the, uh, the, the detective figured it out was because while he was interviewing him, he saw some books on a shelf that shouldn't have belonged on the shelf. There were books about anatomy or something, and that like clued him out. And and Hannibal was so sharp that he he attacked him immediately because he realized that he figured it out. Right. So I never liked Silence of the Lambs. I loved everything about it except the actor Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins because I don't know why I'm forgetting the whole. I, I should just That's be slack okay. right now. That's why I'm here, baby. But uh, um. Uh, in those films, in, in the Sounds of the Lambs, he just acts like a lunatic, and that's not the, that's really not how he would have acted. In Hannibal, he's calm, subdued, and never fully acts like a lunatic, except when he actually loses his cool with uh, Clarice near the end, right? With the whole dinner sequence. Up until then, he's just you know casually ripping people's intestines out, and like, and you know, it's just he's calm, cool, and collected, and very, he's he's a almost a suave type of guy, which is what he should have been cast as. That's why I've always preferred Hannibal over that. And I've, oh, okay. I've gotten huge arguments. A lot of people get pissed because a lot of people that like Silence of the Lambs uh, as much as they – more than they should don't like Hannibal uh, as much as they should. I, I like Silence of the Lambs uh, quite a bit actually. But you see where um, I'm coming and from I, with that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. I, and I look past uh, Anthony Hopkins as the over-the-top uh, you know, serial killer. Only because everybody else in that film was great. Yes. Yeah, Jodie and... Foster was great and uh, the, 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 the police chief from Monk, he was That's, great. That's uh, Sam Levine. Yeah. Uh oh yeah, I mean come on. Every time I see him in anything, I always think back to Silence of the Lambs. I can't avoid it. Yeah, but uh, he's great. Um, and you know, and you know, when that uh, here's here's the telling how, exactly like how Anthony Hopkins was not exactly the best thing in that film. Everybody thought he was because when the first film first came out, the big quote was uh, was uh, Clarice, you know, something like, you know, yeah. something like that. What's the only line you ever hear from that movie anymore? Oh, I it puts the lotion out of skin and put it in the basket. No, I don't even hear the Chianti line anymore. Oh, yeah. All you, the only one that keeps coming up in popular culture reference is it puts the lotion on his skin and puts it in the basket. Sure. Do you ever hear uh, the uh, Silence, the musical? Yes, yes. It's actually <laughs> it's on the blog. Is it? It's on the blog, yeah. That's good stuff. If you, if you, if you uh, go to moviesucktastic.com and then from there link to our blog, uh, throw up a link for it next time you get a chance. It's, I'll do it. Do, 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 we'll no do a back search. But it's, yeah, it's the uh, musical Silence of Lambs, which actually exists. Uh, yeah. Like, like full. And then someone... Did a video of it with Legos. That's right. That's why I have the video up on that the blog. You have the video of it. So if you, you know, that's go, good stuff. Don't don't just go to YouTube and, and like type it in the search engine. Go to Movie Sucktastic and yeah. find their link from there because there's other cool stuff on the blog too. Absolutely. But I've never um, seen a civil action. I remember the commercials. No, and it leads an all-star cast. I mean, you got John Travolta, Robert Duvall, Tony Shalhoub, William H Macy, uh, John Lithgow, Kathleen wow. Clinton. I mean, th there's just a ton. Of people in this movie, well, Sidney Pollock is in it. Uh, I'll say no more. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's just a ton of you know all star. I mean, that's probably why it cost seventy five million too. But there's just a ton of all star all stars in this movie, and every single one of them gives an excellent performance, including Robert Duvall, who just he's a prick. I mean, uh, you watch this movie and you get to the end of this movie and you just it's Clara. He's a prick, and he just does it really, really well. John Travolta. This is at a time in John Travolta's career where he was kind of rejuvenated by uh, Quentin Tarantino in Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, this is only that was his comeback. This, comeback, this is only yeah. like four years after that, and he was getting top dollar mm -hmm. for all of these movies. And, and he did uh, some really good work. I, Phenomena. The Phenomena was, was good. This movie was excellent. Uh, you know, swordfish. Swordfish. I'm I kidding. Liked. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's not top notch. I was joking. No, 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 no. I liked swordfish though. 
White but, man's uh, burden. Oh, ah, uh, there you classic. go. There you nice. go. Um, hey, let's be fair. How long did like Travolta go where the phone wasn't ringing? I don't begrudge him any film he did. There's not one film he did after he made his comeback with Pulp Fiction where I said right. you shouldn't have done that. I was like, dude, take every job you get. Do do uh, what was it? Mad Mad Glory or not Mad Dog and Glory? There was one replay. No, like no, no. It, it was, you're right. It was uh, it was Mad something. Mad City. Mad City. That's right. And keep... the whole reason why it, there's a whole like, quick little story with that is the film Dark City had so much trouble getting the name Dark City. That was the original name of the movie. Yeah. And this is in the audio commentary. And uh, if you listen to it, you'll hear it. They basically said it was supposed to be called Lost City. And then they got a phone call from Steven Spielberg's people going, uh, we own the word Lost. You can't make it Lost City. And uh, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Fucking Spielberg. Uh, right. And they're like, okay, fine. I, I own the Holocaust now. You can't do films on that anymore. Right. And and then they said, all right, uh you know, we'll stick to the Dark City. Well, then they got a people uh, a call from the people that were making Mad City and said, "Listen, we're coming out with a movie called Mad City. You can't call it you can't call it Dark City because you have the word city in it." And they're like, well, "What the hell are we gonna call it?" So they called it uh, Dark World. And then they got a call from uh, Lucas's uh, people and they said, "Listen, we own the word World." It's like, where does that even come into play? <laughs> and they're like, "You can't call it Dark World." And they're like, "All right, fine." So not that they put it on the shelf, but they put the title on the shelf for a while. Uh-huh. And when Mad City bombed, they said, all right, we're calling it Dark yeah, there you City. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically how that came about. Yeah, if you, but, haven't, if you haven't seen Dark City, excellent film. Get it. Great movie. There's, there's a special edition that just came out on uh, Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, it didn't come out that long ago. Yeah, yeah a real, new director's cut, which I haven't even watched the director's cut of that yet. I haven't watched it yet myself. But it, a, excellent film. But that yeah, that's basically yeah. what you know we've been watching. I caught that real late night. Yeah, but but even, even I stayed up for the whole thing because it, it just it's great. And you know what? What's interesting at the end of that movie, uh, you know, after the case is over and everything, they actually they threw up text like they do sometimes, so you know like where everybody is right. uh, at the time uh, of the movie being made. Uh, Jan, uh, which is just uh, Travolta's character, Dan uh, Schlipman, he was actually trying a case. In Tom's River, New Jersey, for a water contamination. Oh yeah, yeah, we get a lot of that in Jersey. Yeah, it yeah. was, uh, and as a matter of fact, my my next door neighbor knows all about it because he used to be from Tom's River, uh-huh. and he said it was a big, big deal. Really? Because uh, it was a terrible water contamination case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've never heard of a good one. No, nope, <laughs> no. Nope, but that was that's basically where he was in 1998 when you, this movie. Became. You know what? The only reason I've never seen this film is because I've never been big on courtroom dramas. I think John Grisham novels really drove it into the ground. No, they really drove me into the ground. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. But this, I, I, you know, ever since uh, the firm came out, John Grisham novels have been made. It just they kind of cooled off with it now in 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 past years. Well, he's still cranking them out. No, as far as novels go, but yeah. as far as movies go, I, they're not being made at a rate uh, that they were because when the firm came out. You know, it had, it made huge money. It had thirty million dollar opening yeah, weekend, one hundred and fifty million dollar profit just here in the U.S. alone. I ran a projection booth while that was out. I, I had to listen to that film. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just it seemed every time he cranked out a novel, they made it into a movie, and it yeah. was you know made a lot of money. And you know that kind of died down. But this came out at a time <clears throat> where you know John Christian novels were being made into movies a lot, and this to me stood out more. Because it was, it just seemed like it was a really good, it was a true story, and I'm a sucker for that stuff. Um, 
I am. I know. Always. I know. Uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, it was East Coast, we're East Coast. I don't know. It just, everything for me in this movie worked. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed it. See, you keep bringing up good movies. What's your problem? Hey. Well, we, we will talk about good movies next podcast because I'm, I'm definitely sure you'll have seen Inglorious Bastards by then. I hope, we, I hope to have. We've got to chat about that, and I'll have seen District 9 by then. Absolutely, yeah. So, so we might make next one, um, we'll find something else to bitch about and then squeeze a couple of good films in the talk about so we're not always talking about stuff no one's seen. Yeah. Um, but now, before we sign off on this podcast, uh -huh. I, have, I I want to get this down now on tape. Okay, let's do it. I'm already preparing for Lost. The new season. The new season. And that's I, uh, January, ja 2010. January or February, yes. So Lost is coming out January, February. Yep. And I'm already preparing now. So I, I got to get down because I've, uh, I've been last, listening. Last season. I've been Last season, big deal. I've been listening to uh, some of the podcasts are already starting up talking about uh, previews of it and stuff. They have, have you heard that they released the title of the first episode? No, what is it? All right, here we go. This they're fucking with us because they're, you know we have J.J. Abrams is is just just said you know what I'm going to screw with you guys for the next four or five six months however many months it is you're just gonna, I'm just going to drive you insane and then no matter what you because you have some predictions about how that first episode is going to the first few seconds are even going to yeah. look like yeah yeah so here but here's the so they said okay let's let's screw with them. Well, they released it. It's not leaked. They released it. The title of the first episode of Lost. Yeah. LAX. But it's LA space X. Okay. It's LA blank X. LA blank X. So LAX is the airport that right. they're supposed to go back to. But it's not LAX. It's LAX. And there's like a dozen, two dozen theories out there now about this. Right. Well, do they land in LA? Does X mean 10? If you take the numbers, it's like 108. Is uh, is LA supposed to be Spanish for the law? Is it the ten or the t you know? And then people are saying, oh, but the, you know, ten characters have been killed since the show, so are they going to bring all them back? And oh. it, it's so they're everybody's going insane about it. And I'm not, I'm not guessing on that one. I'm still convinced that the opening shot is going to be Jack's eye, and it's going to pull back, and they're going to kind of recreate the first beginning of the first episode. Right. And everyone that was involved in that gets teleported back to that beginning. That's that's a, and I'm, I'm I'm actually starting to lose my my footing on that one a bit. I'm not too sure about it. But they've also said that they're going to change the way they tell stories, and I'm not getting into that much about it either. But I had a brainstorm driving home the other night, listening to this uh, Lost podcast. I believe, it, I, I wanted to plug it. I believe it's just called the Lost Podcast. So if I have the better name, I'll, get, I'll release it next schedule because these guys do a good job of just fo taking phone calls and talking about theories. And it's going to hype up as they get closer. Do you remember season one when they find the caves? Yeah. And they found Adam and Eve, those two corpses. Yes. And he takes like a rock from one of their pockets and put it in. And people have talked about that scene because Jack actually takes a pouch that one of them had and takes a rock out of it and keeps it, uh -huh. and it's never come up again. Oh. And, and every six, every every season, people start. Someone will bring up Adam and Eve again and say, "Well, maybe they're this, maybe they're that." I know who Adam and Eve are. Jack and Kate. No. No. And I'm saying it right now. Okay. It's Bernard and Rose. Oh, because they got teleported back to the seventies with everybody else, and then right. they say they will. We're not going to blow. No, we're going to stay here. We're happy here. They survive. They don't get killed by that blast. The blast is contained because it happens underground. Right. It just takes out that area. They survive. They live a happy life. And either one dies and takes the other, or they both die, and, uh, and or they both die, and the uh, and like the others or somebody take them to the cave. But those the Adam and Eve are Bernard and Rose. That's on the record now. 
So I can come back and play this if, when I'm right, because I have not been right yet about this goddamn series. No, uh, and this, you made a lot of predictions, and you've come close, but... I've come really close. Yeah, like, uh, Rosinski was a Ros good one. Rosinski? Oh, I had my theories on Rosinski, you know? And what's worse, though, is in the past, when you made when you made predictions, and it didn't come true, like, well, yeah, but that's because they keep changing it because of the series, the season, the season. But ever since they said, okay, we're ending season six, right. it's like, you know they already have it all plotted out. They can't, they don't have too much wiggle room. They can't go making nope. shit up as they go along to an extent. So now there's even less excuses for getting the theories wrong because it's not like you make a theory and go, well, they were going to do that. It's like, no, they, they already have it plotted out. They know what they're doing. They, they know what they're doing so well that they're teasing everybody by releasing this innocuous first title and making everybody guess what it means. I just wanted to get that down on on on, uh, on the record for this this podcast. All right, this sounds good. Bernard and Rose are Adam and Eve, and I'm I'm still almost positive that this season finale is going to open up the same way that the season premiere opened up with with the plane crash. You probably are right about that. I probably am not because I'm never right. Well, but hey, I'm still sticking to that. I, I, I got to be honest. I, I whenever you give me predictions and theories, I I listen to them, and uh, even though you haven't been right yet. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so now you're just like twisting the knife. No, I'm sorry, but uh, I always listen to him and I always yeah. think, you but know I just what? Wanna, I just wanted this, to... It sounds good. Yeah. It always does. I just wanted to wrap up this episode, this podcast with my lost theory. And uh, I'll bring... Uh, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to slowly start bringing Lost into the podcast a little bit at a time. Because I, I hate to tell you guys, when Lost starts next year, we're going to end up talking about it once a podcast just to talk about some stuff. We'll try to keep it down. Well, yeah, because like, we'll, we watch the show religiously. We'll try so. to keep it down to 15, 20 minutes, but we're huge Lost buffs, and I'm guaranteeing we're going to have some cross-chatter with some of the Lost podcasts out there, and we'll try to keep it minimum, but I, we'll probably keep it towards the end of the episode. Uh, if, if Yeah, yeah. But, it's a but, good way to end it, especially if we talk about the episode that just happened. But I had to bring it up now because you got to get used to it because, you know, come February, we're going to be entrenched. We're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, and then after this season is over, I mean – you know, not that we won't talk about it anymore, but we'll always, if anything, I will go into hibernation. Refer back until the next good show. You know, I was even talking to somebody because I said every show I ever watch just always ends ends first. quickly. Yeah, and Lost is different. Like every show I've ever watched, I got into second season canceled, first season canceled. Maybe if I'm lucky, third season canceled. And then somebody said, "Well, Lost, you love Lost, and that's going." But I didn't start watching Lost until after season two ended. And I started watching DVDs. So you're only in a third season. I, I started after. Well, it's not that it's being canceled. They are no, no. willingly ending it. But what I'm saying is, I started I mean, after they were already successful. If I if I would watch Lost, if I got into it for oh, a season, you mean the curse? If I had started watching, it's thank you. You can thank me because if I watched Lost first season, it would have stopped after season two. It would have been over. Everybody would stop. I gotta watching. be honest. I didn't start watching it. Uh, you, same until, time I did. until season three as well. Yeah. When that started. I ended up getting uh, season one and two DVD, mm -hmm. and I just banged them both out in the summer. Yeah, and started watching at season three. Right. So that's a little taste of what's going to happen later. But that's that's it from Movie Tastic for today, uh, for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming around. Um, check out the website for the details of this podcast's contest, and also I'm, I'm going to splice in a bit later after this. But you know, every podcast we're giving away one item to somebody. Find out what the contest is, get get involved, spread the word, and we'll get it out there. And check out moviesucktastic.com. Good. Okay.